Well, in a perfect world, we would nurture them for months until their interest became pollinated with a budget and bloomed into a sales-qualified lead flower, requesting a salesperson to contact them. But impatience and insufficient sales-qualified leads can lead to skipping the entire nurturing phase and simply calling a lot of marketing-qualified leads to learn what they're looking for. Welcome to the Food for Thought Lunch Break with Steve Bookbinder podcast, the show that gives you things to think about when you're trying to make more sales without all the seriousness of conventional sales talks. Enjoy and learn as he makes fun of sales training, salespeople, and sales trainers, including himself, all while giving you battle-tested strategies that work. Now, here's your host, Steve Bookbinder. Hey, thanks for joining me on your break. I'm always looking for ways to get more sales easier. Turning your break into a coaching break is a great way for me to help you get more sales easier, too. Welcome to Food for Thought. Today, I have a new concept to chew on, the power of an echo. Let's begin here. When you travel around the world and meet and train salespeople, as I do each year, You find delightful local differences, but even more delightful is learning how much we have in common. I frequently meet people in sales or marketing or management from other countries who are living my life in their country. How do I know we're more alike than different? When I tell them my experience, they tell me their similar experience. Their story is an echoed version of what I told them. When I hear that echo, I smile because it tells me we share the invisible bonds that connect salespeople. For example, I found salespeople all over the world can relate to this familiar sales scenario. You meet the customer during a first appointment intro meeting and learn they are the right person, or at least that is what they told you, or what you believe. You come back for a second meeting and continue to qualify and gain information, or to put this in sales trainer speak, you ask them about pain points, probe to find their needs, establish your value, talk ROI, and you pick up buying signals. Oh, you're good. They ask about pricing, and like most salespeople, rather than blurt out a price, you promise to return in a few days with a proposal. A few days later, you return to review the proposal, and they tell you they are now going to have to talk to their boss, or their team, or the committee. Sound familiar? We're thinking, hey, I asked you if you were the right person in a bunch of different ways, and I thought you said yes, and now there's someone else? Of course, you only think that while keeping your sales smile on your face. Instead of showing any frustration, we ask, maybe I should go with you, or the more bold, can I go with you, or words to that effect. Does that sound familiar to you? Why are we so quick to ask for the introduction? Is that really the best strategy? We tend to think the problem that needs to be solved in order for us to get the sale is that someone new needs to be persuaded, and we are the best ones for that job. But are we thinking about this right? 
most salespeople believe that the customer might be okay at repeating our sales pitch to the others, but no doubt the salesperson would be better. We are professional salespeople. We're not only practiced in presenting our offer, we are financially motivated to do it well. The better we present, the more money we make, right? We believe our sales skills make us more persuasive than ordinary people who don't have our skills or financial motivation. We're like superheroes with superpowers of persuasion, flying in to rescue our less salesy customer who may be a technical expert or a thoughtful analyst, but who now needs to convince their co-workers. Thank goodness we're here because our customer is a good customer, but not a great salesperson like you are. If we do ask, can I meet your boss or the team or the committee? Best case scenario, our contact agrees. We end up meeting their boss or their team or the committee, and we present. Of course, we do a great job, at least in our view. Now that you've done your superhero sales work, is the customer finally ready to buy from you? Probably not. Why? Because they still have to bounce the idea off of each other and possibly other co-workers. They may actually use that phrase or any of these, which all mean the same thing. They have to socialize, they have to meet and discuss, they have to vote, etc. Think about what those phrases really mean. Literally, they want to see if others echo their sentiment. That echo is crucial. It's not the salesperson's words, but the confirming echo between our contact and their co-workers, which provide the reassurance needed for the customer to take that gamble and buy our service. How do we get the co-workers to echo our sentiment to our contact when we're not in the room? Echo selling. Today, we will discuss how to create an echo that bounces back to our customers and reassures them. Then, I'll give you four action steps you can begin this week to create an echo in your target accounts. As always, let's begin with today's question. How do you get others to echo your sales pitch? The short answer is the salesperson begins the echo process by reaching out to a wide network of relevant coworkers, not just the one contact or usual buyer. Let me expand on that. Imagine if you go outside in a place you could hear an echo and, in a big voice, ask a big life question like, What should I do? We hear that question bounce around. What should I do? What should I do? What should I do? What should I do? And then the echo changes to an answer. You should go there. Take that job. Take that chance. You'd be totally validated and would likely take up the advice. How could you not? The rest of your life, as you told that story of how you one day got life direction from an echo, everyone you told that story to would agree. I see what you mean. I would have believed that echo too. We, that is, salespeople and customers, are always looking for positive confirmation. The echo reaches the part of our brain that needs the confirmation the most. It happens in a deep level way we're all hardwired to receive. By adding the echo to the sales process, we're going past the usual point sales trainers leave off. Sales trainers usually tell you what to do during the meeting, but we need to prepare to influence the meeting our contact will have after we leave the building or hang up the phone or disconnect from the video platform. 
While I'm throwing sales trainers under the bus, I'll add this. Everyone is taught to believe that cost plus benefits combine into value, and the more value, the more compelling the offer. However, that kind of thinking doesn't address the bigger issue. How do I get the customer to pay attention to me and my service? They may admit my service has value, but they are unable to pay enough attention to the issue it solves at this moment. I'm competing with everything and everyone else for my customer's attention. So, the sales skill you need more than being able to describe your service in the most valuable way is how to get the customer to think about you. Because when they think about you, even momentarily, they might talk about you. They might bring up your name in a meeting if there was a relevant reason to do so. My theory is that if two co-workers who both know me find themselves in an occasional meeting together or a regular monthly or weekly meeting, they might talk about me if I can get on their radar just as something relevant happens at work. For example, one day, one of them sees my name in LinkedIn because I commented on their latest post with something worth remembering. The other one just got a request to connect from me. The two sit down next to each other and they catch up about things before the meeting begins, sticking to things they do and people they know in common. I'm just enough on their radar that one may say to the other, you know what name I just saw, I haven't seen him in a while, Steve Bookbinder. Let's apply this theory to the familiar scenario I described before where the customer tells us about the boss or the team or the committee. We usually ask the contact to introduce us to their boss or team or committee, but suppose we replace the question, can I go with you to the boss, the team, and the committee, with, are you going to recommend us to the boss, the team, or the committee? If they said yes, then the echo would work this way. The customer tells their coworkers about our service, and when the coworker wonders aloud if your service is worth it, the question is met with an echo of a reassuring answer from your contact, their co-worker, a person they trust. We might have executed a technically more perfect presentation, but who cares? The co-worker doesn't know us, but they know and they trust our customer. And they may repeat what they heard our customers say to others, effectively keeping the echo going. We can help our customer find the words to amplify our message in their echo. How? By asking, how are you going to present our offer to the others and offer to support them rather than replace them in the sales process? We could suggest to our customer that we do the heavy lifting by creating a summary of our offer, a customized one-page executive summary outline or high-level overview. This strategy makes it easy for the customer to agree to. Using this strategy, we end up with two next steps. The one before their boss or committee meeting, where we review the one-page draft document to ensure it'll hit the mark for the people our contact will be talking to. And the next step afterwards, timed so we can learn what the boss or the team or the committee said.
In this way, we are creating an echo. We take our voice, channel it through our contact, so we can bounce it off others that we never really get to meet. And when our contact returns to tell us how the others reacted, we can hear the others through our contact. Like an echo, our voice gets to many places we sellers don't get to. When things go right, our voice bounces into the offices of senior-level decision-makers and budget holders. How? Well, consider this senior-level echo strategy. A potential customer is considering making a change or buying a new service, and how do we know? Well, they go online to get more information and opinions, and in that search, learn about your company and go to your website. They download a recent article or white paper or study. In so doing, they become a lead. In the world of inbound leads, there are the dreamed-about SQLs, sales-qualified leads, where customers literally ask to talk to a salesperson. But in this case, the lead would only be a marketing-qualified lead, or MQL, meaning they're still gathering information. Well, in a perfect world, we would nurture them for months until their interest became pollinated with a budget and bloomed into a sales-qualified lead flower, requesting a salesperson to contact them. But impatience and insufficient sales-qualified leads can lead to skipping the entire nurturing phase and simply calling a lot of marketing-qualified leads to learn what they're looking for. So... We decide to call this MQL. We know if we contact them, odds are they'll tell us they're not ready to buy. Oh, sure. We'll try to get them interested. We'll do our best. Ask a few questions. Uncover some pain. Suggest some remedy solutions. And they tell us to send them something. And then... After we talk, they talk to at least one of their coworkers. Well, if the customer's not sure and the coworker knows even less about us, there's no echo either way. When that happens, there's usually no second conversation. But suppose the coworker is able to provide echo reassurance to our contact. Then our customer would call back and agree to a next step or at least be more open to discussing possibly advancing the sales discussion. How would we get the coworker to echo? Well, suppose before we called the MQL, we reached out to a wide network of possible coworkers who might bump into each other. For example, we could call a senior person at the company, more senior than the MQL, that, that particular person, to say that you're finding a lot of their employees are going to your website to gain information. So you're calling to learn what's going on. Is something changing? Even if the boss knows nothing about your company, you will supply the elevator pitch designed and perfected to create a great first impression about you and your company. Maybe you include some examples of similar clients you work with and their likely similar problems which your company solves. Just enough to get on this person's radar. You follow up with an email with attachments and links that they'll now more likely open and look at. You're not necessarily looking for a meeting, only the possibility of creating a positive and powerful echo ally. Now, you can confidently contact your MQL. If they talk to their boss, 
There will be the sounds of your echo in that room. Let me give you a personal example. I had a client for many years, but lost touch when my main contact and several key stakeholders all left the company. But I still wanted more business from that company. And I knew that if I began with a bunch of cold calls, it would be harder to create the right echo. But if I could create the right echo first, I might be able to get them to call me. Using LinkedIn and a few intelligence-gathering phone calls, I was able to determine the names of the people who might be co-workers to the person or people who would buy my training services. Then, I began my echo-building campaign. Step one was to create the widest circle around my target. Who are the potential co-workers they talk to, that they see at meetings, interact with operationally, take direction from? Of course, I'm just guessing, but based on their title, description, and some guesses based on what I could learn about each online, I created my target list of people who work at that company. Step two was to send notes requesting to connect if we weren't already connected. Step three was post news that my contacts in general, but this company in particular, might find potentially relevant and interesting. Step four was to comment on stuff they post on their LinkedIn page. Step five was to find my contact online by adding my comments to the news feeds, blogs, or newsletters they follow. Step six was to engage with the discussion groups they belong to. By the way, it's crucial that your comments are never salesy, always professional, relevant, interesting, informative, and if absolutely sure about your material, funny. Avoid politics, obviously. Step seven, I introduced an email component. I selectively targeted individuals to send offers for them to register for our free newsletter or other potentially interesting free content, all so I could safely send them emails and achieve a good open rate when I did. Four weeks after my campaign began, I got an email from the right person in charge of training looking to reconnect and get a proposal. They happened to think of me. This has convinced me echo selling works. We have only just scratched the surface of echo selling. We can extend this concept to selling through referral sources, distribution channels, and partners, each in turn helping you get the word out by echoing your sales message. Over the next few coaching sessions, we will explore those echo building strategies. For now, let's summarize what we discussed, and then I'll show you ways you can make it work for you. I've summarized this introduction into echo selling into four main points. A. The best time to go wide and deep with your personal marketing into an account is before you focus on reaching the one right person. Why? Because it's so much harder to go wide and deep after you reach your one right person, especially if they ask you not to talk to anyone else. B. It's best to consider echo selling in advance of your first outreach to a company. C. Your customer may be more persuasive than you. Find out if they're recommending your service when they mention bringing in others to the sales conversation. And if they are, help them get your message out. D. 
you can create a bigger buzz with social media and email marketing than you can with cold calling alone. But when you combine phone with echo selling, more people will take your call and return your messages. Here are four actions you can take this week to begin echo selling. One, select a target company. Two, make sure your LinkedIn profile is properly completed and you're creating the right first impression. Three, follow our social selling playbook. You can find more details on the art and science of social selling by going to our website and finding the free playbook we co-wrote with our marketing partner, HubSpot. Four, continue to learn about echo selling by scheduling time for our next lunch break coaching session. Over the next few weeks, we'll alternate talking about echo selling with interviews with sales and digital marketing leaders, the very people who have influenced and motivated and inspired me. Until next time, remember, I'm Steve Bookbinder, your sales coach. Please connect with me on LinkedIn. Check out our free playbooks and training and coaching offerings on dmtraining.net. And contact me ASAP if I can help your team get more sales or help you have a more successful sales career. Thank you for listening to Food for Thought. To get your free sales playbook, visit dmtraining.net forward slash podcast. And be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of Steve's jokes and helpful resources. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.